0: to you by Ravishly.
1: Serving up bi-weekly discussions dedicated to exploring the weird, the gross, and the wonderful of the human body.
0: I'm Joan Edelman. And I'm Jenny Barrett. And today we're talking about diets with Isabel Fox and Duke.
1: But before we dive right in, how are you, Joanie? Sweaty. Sweaty.
0: <laughs> I, uh, you look good. Thank you. I look like trash. I went to the gym this morning from 7:30 to 8:30. I met with a trainer so that I could, um, figure out how to exercise without being a fanatic mm-hmm. and it was good but he tried to kill me a little bit but anyway I was I'm like smelly really bad but otherwise really good I'm feeling really healthy feel healthy and vibrant and vivacious yeah and strong tomorrow you might want to check me though because I probably won't be able to lift my arm I did a lot of like bicep things with my arms oh I like feeling strong it's nice I like it It's not for everybody.
1: Huh. (laughs) Your ColourPop looks good though on your. It looks. She she tried on a liquid to matte uh, liquid lipstick formula, which is none of this. Is this recording? Yeah, it's recording. Okay, you just made a scary face. I just was
0: looking because I couldn't. I couldn't
1: find the thing. But Joni tried a liquid lip. A liquid to matte lipstick for the first time in her life, I think. And she applied it like lip gloss and then was very surprised that that is not what it was. Yeah. Is it still on? Yeah. Wow. That's, I'm it's, sold. It's sold. got long stay stay power. Nice. So your new trainer, he's nice. He,
0: yeah. His name's Arturo. Mm-hmm. Um, he kept calling me mama, which I think is really cute. Um, <laughs> his first language is Spanish, obviously, because that's a Spanish that's a thing that it's Spanish yeah, like speaking, a... they call that people, it's like an affectionate term. Mm-hmm. My, my sitter that took care of Kelsey when she was a baby, always called her mama. I love it. Aww. So cute. But yeah, he called me mama. He was really sweet and he was really motivational. We had a long talk about, um, eating disorder recovery and the mm-hmm. importance of not focusing on numbers for me. So we're not doing any measurements or weights or anything like that. So making sure we're staying in the safe boundaries and he's okay. really respectful. So I'm glad. So anyway, that, and how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm just like a new neurotic cat mom right now, just in full. I got a new kitten. I talked about her a little bit in the last episode because it was her first vet appointment and she did not like the rectal thermometer, just in case anybody wanted to know. She no. was not a fan. No. No. She hissed. The vet yeah, most, said don't think he, he didn't do. think anybody ever likes that, so... She yeah, was never, like,
0: I've never heard of a cat that she, likes that.
1: She was like, No, mm-mm, you can't do that to me. Nice. And then she blew a vein out on her leg when she was getting vaccines because she wouldn't stop moving. Oh, that's that my girl. incredibly traumatic. Yep. Wow. But she's okay now. Okay. Yeah. But I woke up this she's morning. Cute. She's so cute.
0: I kind of wish you brought her over. I know. Did you bring but, her down with you?
1: Yeah. She comes. So I live an hour away from Joni and we record this IRL. And uh, Minerva, my cat, yeah. Who's named after Professor McGonagall because That's she insane. looks just like her? Um, yeah, she's like her, but floofier. Uh, <laughs> so I drive down 40 minutes with my kitten and a cat carrier, letting me know the whole time like, cat I'm cat not cat. a fan. Yeah. She loves the carrier, hates the car. The carrier is the coolest thing in the world to her. Oh. She's like, this is my little nest it's with my, the, with the movement. Yeah, now, cats in, in the car, cars. she's like, dogs are
0: like hanging their heads out the mm-hmm. window. Cats are freaking out. This is actually the that's the really the perfect summation of the dog cat dichotomy yeah. because dogs are like hanging their head out the window. I love being in a car, <laughs> and cats are like, <laughs> yeah.
1: She's it's supposed to be because I got her a little bit before eight weeks, which is like supposed to be a no-no but like her mom kind of I think I think you can get postpartum depression as a cat and like completely I would get
0: postpartum depression I had like six people yeah she had
1: like five babies and she fostered another baby for a while so she just was like wait she's me me. no I know yeah so she was just like no I can't and so she kind of disengaged and so Minerva was like all right fine fine so then I took her home because they're really impressionable yes so like around that age period so i know this is super riveting (laughs) like my my cat mothering um and so i it's important to you so much i have talked in therapy about this fucking cat so much so much
0: animal therapy though there's a real animals are therapeutic i walk in i walk
1: in and my therapist is like how's minerva (laughs) Because I was so scared of, like, being responsible and vulnerable in front of another living creature. So, like, there was one time just full session about how to take care of my cat. Anyway, we're trying to teach her to go back and forth between Fresno and this small town south of Fresno <laughs> called Hanford. And and she's she's getting getting around there, trying to figure it out. But she's also a cat, so I can't explain to her what's happening.
0: So you love your cat. I do. I want to see your cat. You should. I have less enamored feelings towards my cats because they're not adorable anymore. By the time they get bigger, then you love them for another reason. Yeah. They're not cute. Then you're like, oh, but I love you because you're a companion and you're sweet. Unless they're assholes, and then which case you're fucked. Yeah.
1: No. That happens. She's so sweet. Just uh, yep. But this episode is not about my cat. Are you sure? I'm positive. It's, it's about dieting. <laughs> we're going to talk about diets and we're going to talk about them with Isabel Fox and Duke.
0: that was ever invented ever mm-hmm. from the cabbage soup diet, the grapefruit diet, Special K, Slim Fast, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem, name a diet. Did I miss one? I did. No, you know what? I have not done Atkins. That's the only diet I my tried. My dad it. is,
1: like, so hyped on Atkins. I know.
0: I did it for two days. It's the and dude I diet. I was like, I don't want to see bacon for the rest of my life because it's, like, meat. You just eat so much Yeah,
1: you just eat a shit ton of meat. I can't do it. And cheese.
0: It. But anyway, uh, we... I've been indoctrinated, right, ever since I was Mm -hmm. a teenager. So my whole adult life has just been a weight loss game I think
1: the first time I did Weight Watchers, I was in fifth grade. Ten? Yeah, I was ten. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've done it like three or four times since then. It was back before their algorithm changed, so you could like DIY do it. Yeah. Because you could figure out the points yourself.
0: Oh, dude, I took it a step further. I went and found the patent.
1: There's yeah. a patent
0: on the point, point calculation. I went and found the I
1: could out. still, like, using the old thing now, I could still do it, probably. Me too. I have, it's all in my brain. Yeah. Like, every caloric value of every Four, food ever. four grams of dietary fiber, you'd knock a point off. Yep. Yeah. Um, but then carbs can change that. So some of those yeah. Are just free now now they're like, we're trying to be holistic, but also don't do this if you're bulimic. <laughs> like yeah. that's their little. <laughs> yeah. I'm we're like, oh. Holistic,
0: but also this is still a diet.
1: Yeah. Um, and like, P.S. Your body sucks. Yeah. They're like, we're not a diet, we're a lifestyle. lifestyle. And like, who wants to spend their whole fucking life counting County points?
0: Yeah. That's real because I lost um, the the last. Time I did Weight Watchers and I lost seventy five, almost seventy five pounds. Mm-hmm. And I, I was reading, I had was journaling during that time, and I went back and I was looking at the journaling, and I was just, towards the end of that, was just every post I was writing was about how afraid I was to go into maintenance, quote unquote, maintenance mode. How was I going to learn to live without counting yeah. all my food?
1: And maintenance mode, it's like you're not a car, yeah, you're a person.
0: Three thousand miles, time for your oil change.
1: Yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, so it's a nightmare
0: okay diet so I talked with Isabel yesterday we talked about beyond before and after we talked about um diet the the industry the cycle Mm -hmm. um the way it's just fucks with our psychology in general and I, I was like oh my gosh we're doing we were just gonna do this podcast just you and I but then I was like dude Isabel why don't you come on and she was like yeah I'll come on
1: and then she did and then she did
0: because we already are. called
1: her. Uh, yes, we fucking did and earlier this morning. We're just
0: gonna put that shit right in the podcast. Yep. So. Power of enjoy. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen, Isabel Fox and Duke.
1: Can't stay at home.
0: being on
2: body talk hi hi thank you so much for having me i'm like so thrilled to be here
0: i'm so excited it's we were just gonna do this episode by ourselves we Mm -hmm. were like oh let's just do diet talk because we had you on the calendar for like later like more (laughs) specific to reach
1: out for something like a more
0: specific topic but then i talked to you yesterday and i was like oh my god why aren't we having her on tomorrow yeah we we are here we are we are it was i'm so glad you were available that was like because i know you're super busy
2: Oh well, thanks, guys. I'm like so thrilled. Yeah, and diet talk is kind of my jam, so it's sort of the perfect topic.
0: Yeah, I also want to say that um, I'm doing Isabel's masterclass in the fall. You are,
1: like, yay! I'm so, so excited for you. Excited, yeah. Ah! Change, your kind of mm-hmm. change your life, change kind of fancy. Change your life, change your Super deep Sundays or yes. <laughs> super soul Sundays. Something I don't, I don't know. know.
0: Okay, Isabel, why don't you tell us about yourself first?
1: Um, so
2: I am a coach. I specialize in working historically, I've specialized in working with women struggling with emotional eating, uh, diet, binge cycling, poor body image, all these things kind of go together, right? Emotional eating, dieting, go together, binge eating, dieting, go together, dieting, poor body image, go together. You know, it's, it's kind of a package deal. Um, so I, you know, my, my tagline, which some of you have heard me say, I help women stop feeling crazy around food, which is, you know, how a lot of my clients uh, describe what they're going through when they come to me. You know, I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I can't stop thinking about food. I feel out of control around food. I just feel like food is, you know, running my life, which of course really subtly, you know, ultimately means somewhere their weight is run, is running their life, right? Mm -hmm. Like their relationship with their body is running their life. Um, so yeah, so that is you know I've been that's sort of the the core mission of my practice and the work that I do and it you know influences my writing. I do a lot of blogging. You've read a lot of my work, Joni, and yes. um, and I get yeah. your
1: emails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, You're good. good, your emails. I always stop to read them. Like yeah. I'll be sitting working and I'll see I got one from Isabel and I'm like, ooh, yeah. time for a break. Yeah,
0: it's, like, it's, like an it's a little it's,
2: it's like a little pep
1: talk. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, coaching emails are all a great way to great way to start with uh, with the IFD uh, thought process and all this stuff for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. so you offer classes for people.
2: Yeah. So the masterclass, so I run, um, a little free video training series online called Stop Fighting Food, um, which is how a lot of people get introduced to my work. So a lot of people, they first hear about me through the Stop Fighting Food, um, video training series at stopfightingfood.com, which, you know, tens of thousands of people have gone through, you know, it's a, um, it's like a, like a little bit of, it's like an, a little free online event basically. Um, and, uh, once a year I run a masterclass, which is basically for women who have gone through the video training series and have sort of learned, you know, the basics that I teach around helping women overcome diet, binge cycling, emotional eating, all of these topics that I just described. Um, the masterclass happens once a year and the masterclass is, you know, a live group coaching program where we really like dive into these issues in more depth. It's like a a more intensive four month program for women who are, you know, really actively struggling with food and their relationship with their body and, you know, need some more intensive support. You know, the, the internet is great, but I think that, you know, and there's so much to learn and so much to read and, you know, the body positive community online in particular has been so powerful and so impactful. Um, but you know, there's, there's definitely some room for, for m- coaching, you know, like yeah. Real
1: sometimes nice. you need something like happening live. Yep. 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 Like yeah. Like I've been using you for coaching yeah. uh,
0: without purpose in the last, like for the last year, like I never mean to call Isabel and be like, Hey, can you help me with blah? But then she always just starts talking about mm-hmm. And I'm like, Whoa.
1: Remember <laughs> when we, we met Isabel, Isabel in a bookstore oh and God. didn't know she was that Isabel I was that so, like, I am so nervous. <laughs> to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. I can tell that we are gonna be friends.
0: How did, so how did this happen for you? How did you get to this place? That's the thing I want to explore. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, you know, it's funny. I started blogging about this, probably four or five years ago. And at the time, not a lot of, I mean, it certainly was not what it is today, right? Like not a lot of people were talking mm-hmm. about this. You know, I remember people thinking, you know, I was telling people, hey, drop the dieting. And I don't even mean like, you know, and there, I mean, there had been talk about intuitive eating. A lot of how I got my start was sort of, um, not criticizing intuitive eating because my work is very much based on intuitive eating and I think it's really important, but sort of talking about the ways in which often people um, apply diet mentality to intuitive eating and how intuitive eating in and of itself is not necessarily the quote answer to your food problems. If you are still hating your body, if you are still constantly trying to manipulate your size, if you are still, you know, if your self-esteem is still attached to your food choices, if you just feel badly about yourself when you make certain food choices or you're moralizing food, you know, all of these things can often still exist for people even in their attempts to adopt intuitive eating, which is, which is a huge roadblock to recovery. Um, And so that was really how I got my start blogging. And, you know, of course, we could talk about why I got into that and how I got into that. I don't think this is going to be a surprise to anyone. I have a very long, dramatic history with food myself, right? Like I, um, you know, people often say I tried every diet before I found intuitive eating. And I say, you know, I tried every recovery process before I found intuitive eating and and. You know, intuitive eating was really just one notch on my way to what I consider to now be, you know, sanity around food, freedom around food. I was put on my first diet when I was three years old by my pediatrician. And it's basically been a shit show ever since Um, up until the age of around 19 when I was actually hospitalized and, you know, went to rehab for binge eating disorder. I was using a lot of drugs to try to control my weight because I literally could not for the life of me make myself thin enough you know, that, you know, in my head, I thought I needed to be this certain size and I could not get there no matter what I do. Every time I would try, I would end up just like, you know, binge eating brownies in the cupboard. I was oscillating extremely from, you know, these intense self-imposed diets, self-imposed restrictions of all kinds. I mean, every kind of possible restrictive attempt you can think of. Mm -hmm. And then I would have these, you know, intense, horrible binge eating episodes. And this was going on for me, like started middle school, high school, first year of college, I, I was like, I'm so desperate. I'll do anything, you know, and I turned to, um, appetite suppressant drugs, you know, and, and it was not long before I was, you know, on that train before I ended up in rehab. I mean, like, you know, hand somebody with food issues, stimulant medications, and you are looking at a really dangerous situation. And yeah. And that's what happened. And that's how I got into rehab. You know, interestingly enough, like no one was really like, I felt like no one really took my problem seriously until I started doing drugs. It was like, Oh, like poor baby, just like, you know, having trouble getting the pounds off, you know, why don't mm-hmm. you try this? Why don't you try that? Um, you know, no one really ever said like, you know, I, I, never thought I was, you know, I certainly didn't, I would never identify as being eating disordered. Um, because in my mind I was like, well, I'm certainly not thin. I may even be overweight, you know, in quotes, overweight, which is a term I don't love, but that's a different topic for another time. Um, you know, and, and, you know, what are you talking about? Like, you know, it would never occur to me to define myself that way or describe myself that way, even though I was, my life revolved around food. Like it well, it took up all of my thinking, my energy, you know, I, I really had no life outside of food, um, and just trying to lose weight and trying to control my body. So anyway, Point is, finally, ended up in rehab, and that was that was just the beginning of my quote-unquote recovery process, which I then discovered was also quite a process because there is so much um, controversy and so many mixed opinions about how to treat, particularly binge eating. I mean, binge eating, particularly, is like the most misunderstood thing out yeah. there when it comes to um, helping women overcome this stuff. You know, it, it's uh, there. It, there are so many. I mean, to be quite frank, a lot of fat phobic, weight discriminating professionals, even in the context of, you know, eating disorder treatment. Oh, yeah.
1: Like if you're fat, you can't have an eating disorder. Oh, yeah. Or if oh, yeah. you're fat, then like you're punishing yourself. So good job.
2: Right. And, and, the, and the answer to binge eating always seems to be some version of, you know, we need to figure out how to help you control yourself. Yes. Without this understanding of like, okay, but don't you get that like it's my trying to control myself? Yes. That is actually the problem here. Like the more I try to control myself, the more harshly I end up like hitting the the brownie batter and you know the truth is is I was probably not being completely honest with my wellness professionals about how restrictive I was being you know I just kept going there being like I'm out of control around food I'm out of control around food I can't stop eating and I didn't even really get asked the question like hey are you restricting you know um, mm-hmm. and yeah and it's just you know I often give this this parallel or this example when I'm when I'm explaining binge eating it's like you know Your food is a biological instinct. Eating is a biological instinct. Like, animals don't really think about it. Like, you know, like, it's animals walking the planet, they're just doing it. It's just kind of natural, like breathing, right? When you interfere with your eating through dieting, right? Or through restriction, it's kind of like interfering with your breath, with your breathing patterns, right? Like I'm just breathing. I'm not really thinking about it. It's just happening to me naturally. If I decide because society tells me that my breath patterns are like not okay for some reason, or I should be breathing in less air or whatever, I'm going to try and control it. And I might be able to control it for a short period of time, right? Like, (laughs) but then you're going to gasp for air and then I'm going to start gasping. Eventually I'm going to start gasping for air, like, (gasps) right. And that's essentially what binge eating is. It's you are screwing with a natural biological function. And when you screw with that natural biological function, it is only a matter of time before you start gasping for air, right? Or food as the case may be. So, Um, so yeah, and so this is, I mean, you know, and now we have this problem. I hope you guys don't mind that I'm sort of ranting. Oh, no, it's
1: totally, it's awesome. Yeah. We're
2: we're wrapped. Okay. Cool. Um, cool. We're just both
1: (laughs) sitting here, like blank faced at the laptop, like, oh, oh, holy shit, this is (laughs) about to get real. Yes. Uh, Yeah. You know, and so you know now we
2: have this sort of cultural situation where the norm is for women to be told to try and screw with their breath or food. Right? I'm using breath now as a metaphor for food, so you understand how ridiculous it is, right? Like, or so the people mm-hmm. listening can understand how it's really a, a new way of thinking about this you know, I started screwing around with my breath slash food when I was three years old. So I don't even have memories of just being able, you know, at the time when I was, you know, seeking recovery, I didn't even have memories of just, what do you mean eating as a natural biological instinct that just kind of happens on its own? Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, you don't really you know, I never understood people who don't really think about it, who just kind of eat when they're hungry and stop when they're full. And, you know, maybe they, you know, feel like a cupcake and they have it and it's over and whatever, you know, like those quote unquote, normal eaters are like aliens to me, or they were, they were certainly aliens to me when I was, you know, 19, um, and going through all of this. Um, but what I realized is, you know, like it is, that is actually our natural birthright. Like our natural birthright is to just like eat, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and have this sort of normal effortless relationship with food, dieting and the diet industry and wheat discrimination and fat phobia as a as the driver of the diet industry is what um basically screws with that natural biological functioning and creates the situation where we're constantly trying to catch, you know, control our breath and then end up gasping for air. And then we try to like get it back under control again. Then of course, we end up gasping for air. We're effectively doing that with food. Um, Just culturally, women are just being taught that that's the way that they're supposed to live. Yeah. And they're taught that when they gasp for air, it's because they have a willpower problem as opposed to a biological, what is really going on, which is that their natural, inherent biological mechanisms have been screwed with by the patriarchy. No, no, I mean, I'm sort of I'm not, I mean, by the diet industry. Right. But I am I kind of, I made a feminist joke there. Anyway,
1: <laughs> um, that, that's, that's my spiel. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the big things is Um, whenever you, especially women, I think everyone struggles with it, but it's, it it is very much tied to gender and the answer when women say I have problems with my body or problems with eating, the answer is, Oh, like, don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all like (laughs) that is what is so scary. It's not, we treat it like, Oh, it's a natural, normal thing, but no, it's an unnatural thing that everybody has been like forced and indoctrinated into. Yeah.
2: We accept food issues the way we accept our periods. And that is horrifying. You know, I mean, like, yeah.
1: you know, we're, we,
2: you know, I can't, you're right. And I have so many clients who come to me and, you know, they say, you know, I've been in quote unquote recovery from eating disorder for so long, but it's still a major struggle and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's just. Um, the, the, the consensus is this feeling of, well, this is just the way it is. Um, yeah,
1: this is just part of the female experience is the way yeah. it's talked about. And yeah. it's in that way that like a period or like a right. booze right. childbirth. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. And what's unfortunate is like, to some extent they're right in the sense of like, it's unlikely, unfortunately that I will live in a world before I die where I am not being judged on the basis of my size as a woman. Like it is probably unlikely that that will be a diff- that that situation will be different in my lifetime. And that makes me incredibly sad. At the same time, like, I never want to accept that the way I accept my period. I want to fight that until the day I die and try to make a better life for, you know, myself in the future. And, you know, my you know, f- future daughters and future children, like, let's create a better world. Like, this is insane. Like women are being so debilitated by this very, very specific and very, very, um, just traumatic form of oppression called your body needs to look this way. And if it doesn't, you're failing.
1: And it's, it's weird. I mean, historically there is evidence of that, but in terms of like, um, women's history, I don't know if it has, like, it is something that has gotten worse over time, not something that has gotten better. Oh, yeah, manageable. It's something that has gotten more oppressive as time has gone on. Oh, the big joke, the big joke
2: um, is, you know, the more freedoms women are afforded since, you know, let's say. I mean, going back to first wave feminism, like 1920, since women got the vote, more freedoms we've been afforded all the way up until, you know, you know, women going back to work and all of these things, women's liberation, more freedoms were afforded over time, the thinner we have to be to, to, to get, to keep them right. The thinner we have to be in order to, you know, actually maintain respect while enjoying those freedoms.
1: It's like the currency you work in.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: Dieting is physically traumatic like it's physically debilitating for people right mm-hmm. and it does become you know often become like obsessive and emotional and it takes over your life you don't have time to go make change in the world you don't have time to go be a badass woman that like you really do have the authority and right to be because you're so consumed with this bullshit called how am i going to get thin yeah. right i mean i often say to people um I would be a Mensa candidate if I spent all of that energy, like trying to figure out how I was going to lose 15 pounds on like, you know, anything else, like any kind of intellectual pursuit, right? Like, I'm like, I think back and I'm like, wow, I wasted so much time. I can't even imagine what energy. Yeah. yeah. What could I have created for myself? What kind of change could I have made in the world? What could, I, what could I have accomplished had I spent, taken literally a quarter of the energy I spent dieting and put it towards humanitarian aid or put it towards, you know, um, really any kind of, you know, aspirational uh, achievement that you can think of. You know, men have a leg up not only because of their privilege, but because they're not wasting as much of their time thinking about this dumb shit.
0: Yeah. And I think even the, even the men who aren't malicious don't even know, like I went to the gym this morning and I decided I was going to see a trainer because I wanted him to give me some very specific parameters in which I could improve. Cause my you have strength. a
1: habit and I have the same habit at the gym of overworking yourself. Right? And
0: I, and because of, right. because of my recovery from eating mm-hmm. disorder and because of my recovery from exercise bulimia, I'm trying to. Uh, be really careful. So I thought, well, I'm going to see this, this person. I had a conversation with the gym staff pr- prior to this and let them know, like, I'm in recovery. I, I'm not going to do measurements. I'm not going to step, step on a scale. I'm mm-hmm. not, I, there's going to be no, num- no, focus on numbers, calories, none of that. Um, I just want to be shown how to move my body effectively. So I'm not going mm-hmm. to injure myself. And <clears throat> so I met with this guy today for the first time and he was so nice. I mean, he texted me before I came and, he said, I'm looking really forward to looking forward to working with you. You know, be safe traveling here. I got there. He was just as nice as can be. And then I he it was like he forgot. You know, I don't maybe they didn't tell him what they said they would tell him, but I don't think they did. And I said, Look, you need to know that I'm in recovery and we I won't do XYZ thing. And he was very sweet about it. But then when we got to the end of the session, I said, I want to show you a picture of myself from when I used to do this. Okay. So I pulled it up on my phone. I keep one in there and he looked at me m- very muscular, you know, mm-hmm. and he was like, wow, you were really fit.
1: And, and but I you like, have, you have never been less healthy in your life. Right.
0: And I said, and I was sick and I mean, and he was, I mean, he was sweet about it. He said, right. yeah, that's not good. I said, yes, I was eating 900 calories a day, like, Aww. and working out yeah. four plus hours. So yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, he, like I said, he was the sweetest guy and he wasn't malicious at all. But even in his mind, he saw, after I told him all of that, he saw this very thin woman and thought, well, look at that. There's success. You've succeeded.
1: Yeah. Right. 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 And like well, that, where you are now is something like that you've fallen off when yeah. in fact, like you are way more healthy now and like physically, emotionally, psychologically. Yeah. 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 Um,
2: this, the cultural sort of equating of health and weight is one of the most problematic parts of this whole equation. And it's actually relatively new ish, you know, I mean, with this whole like war on obesity and all of these sort of pol- political things going on with, uh, in the medical industry around fatness, you know, it, um, are, I think that we are culturally becoming more and more ingrained with this idea that weight and health are the exact same thing when that n- not wasn't really necessarily ever thought to be the case you know at other in in other parts of our history not that long ago I mean this is it's kind of relatively it's relatively new um and certainly the degree to which it's happening is is definitely relatively new in the past like 20 years um like the sort of intensity around it is relatively new
1: like an epidemic that's just like people living in their bodies like you can't catch it there's... right 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 no if you can't catch the fat it's like tuberculosis. Um, yeah right, right.
2: don't breathe on me right it is it is one of the hardest things um I think keeping a lot of women who are sick in the way that you were sick right when struggling with food and 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 weight issues body image issues you know disordered eating that kind of thing one of the things I think that keeps a lot of women, from getting healthy is this, um, is this rationalization of, oh, but I'm supposed to be under BMI 25 in order to be healthy. Right. right. Um, which is so, Painful. It's like painful for me to talk about, and painful for me to, you know, hear so many. I mean, this is like the most common sort of objection to body love um, that I hear is, okay, but my doctor says I need to be under this weight in order to be healthy, and it's like, well, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to. too disparaging to the medical establishment, but your (laughs) doctor is fucking wrong. I, um, it's so funny, you know, and I always, I mean, I'm always shocked. Virgie actually wrote a really great article about this recently where she highlighted the experience of one of her friends who had, I forget if it was like, um, a blood disorder or I forget exactly, but she had like a life threatening illness that basically just went undetected because every time she went to the doctor's office, they just diagnosed her as fat instead of actually trying to see what could possibly be going yeah. on with her body. And that's you know?
1: like when you make the case for weight as health and and if that's a cause, then if it's actually that big of a deal, you should give it the weight and testing that you would any other like possible symptom or cause for an ailment. Not just like, body. not just like, oh, this is like the Hufflepuff of like health problems <laughs> right. and we just put everyone right. in there when we can't think right. of a better answer. Right.
2: Right. And the other thing, I mean, like, you know, is that like it is not necessarily realistic to assume that like everyone can achieve BMI 25. Like by making that assumption, you are denying the existence of body diversity. You are assuming that human bodies are no different than iPhone sixes. Right. Like that. They all just should look exactly the same. There's no difference between us. There's no diversity amongst us. Right. And so when you so basically, I mean, it's very much, you know, discrimination in the classic sense of the term is like you are um, deciding that everyone who doesn't look this particular way, like naturally speaking, you know, you're, you're going to uh, like create severe actual disadvantages for them in the medical establishment, which is incredibly dangerous. I mean, like, I just feel like, so it's like, you know, it's like you were born into the wrong genetic body type. Uh Uh-oh, you're never going to be able to get proper healthcare because for the rest of your life, people are just going to diagnose you as fat, tell you to diet to solve every problem that you may come up against. You could walk into the doctor's office and this happens frequently. You could walk into the doctor's office with cancer. And if you say, Oh, my stomach hurts. They're going to say, Oh, you probably are eating too much. You know, like
1: it's crazy, especially using a BMI. Like that's literally designed for populations and you're applying it to an individual. Like, Yep. I, I cannot think of another better example for discrimination than taking like oh, a metric yeah. that's for a whole entire group of people and making one person live up to it. And well, antiquated yeah, at that. Yeah, and old <laughs> as hell, yeah. Like yeah. it's a it's a census tool yeah. so we could right. find out like if people in the sticks were eating okay, like <laughs> like it's not. And I remember being in PE and, and that was one of your tests that yeah. you had to right. pass. Yep. You were graded on how much you weighed.
2: That is like so. Like it, like it's like yeah. it, it makes me cry. Like I'm like, are is this China? Like are we in China? Like is this like what's happening? Like I feel like how like how are we rationalizing such physical control over people's bodies? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's really insane. And that was um,
1: that was the time when I was like, okay, well then I'm just gonna eat, and I didn't connect them in my brain. But I was like, well I'm just gonna eat like an apple and a granola bar a day, and that's it. Aww. Right and then you know yeah. be at school for 12 hours and that's what that's what happens is you know it's institutional it's at right. doctors offices in your schools right. from mm-hmm. your teachers and so mm-hmm. then you take that and put that in like the most right. everyday basic thing which is your food that you're eating
2: Campo says, you know, we don't live in a diet culture. We live in an eating disorder culture.
1: All these stories that we're all telling about people we know and about each other, they like, on one hand, like it's really personal and it's really sad, but everybody has a story yeah. like that. Yes. Everybody. Yes. Yeah. And it is like yeah. this emotional and this hard for yeah. absolutely Every everybody. And that doesn't right. diminish it. That magnifies it. Yeah. Like, right. Uh, so, so what do we do, right? So this is right.
0: like the So big yeah, what do we do? And we so, up, what do we do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. One of the things that we t- I remember, Joni. This is what we talked about yesterday, which was this idea of the only way that we're going to be able to basically regulate our breath again, right? Like going back to this breath analogy and just be able to sort of like eat like natural, like quote unquote, normal eaters, right. Is to actually let go of trying to control our weight. Right. And instead, right focus on self-care, right? Focus on taking care of ourselves, focus Mm -hmm. on tuning back into like what our needs are, what our bodies wants are, what our emotional wants are connect back with ourselves. I mean, one of the things that is so problematic about dieting also, and trying to control your breath is like, after a while you like, it's, you, you kind of like forget what breathing normally is like, right? Or maybe you've never experienced it at all. Like I literally had no memories of what quote unquote, normal eating even meant, which is, which is one of the things that I did really get out of you know, just learning about intuitive eating. I think that's what intuitive eating really should be used for. It's not a control mechanism. It's not, this is how you stay thin without dieting. The point of intuitive eating is to connect back with your intuition around food, to mm-hmm. connect back with your and body. Trust yourself. Yeah. To connect back with, okay, you know, Oh wow. Like I actually have physical biological instincts. I have desires around food that are natural and in my body and physical and you know, can I, can I connect back with something inside of myself that is animal and instinctive to make decisions around food rather than relying on what Dr. Oz says. Right. And so that he got like slammed at one point. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think that he, well, it was, remember when he went, he went to court, he was, he was, um, like tried by the Supreme court because he was, he was, um, false
0: health claims.
2: Yeah, I was yes. making all these false health, false health claims. Like, like, eat this diet. Eat this pill. Eat yeah, this, like, rare thing. herb yeah. from the rainforest. Yep. And you'll, like, and the fat, fat will melt, melt away. Off. You know, yeah. it's like, what are you talking about? You're an insane person. But anyway, he ended up getting in a lot of trouble. Yep. Um, and and thank yet God. he still
0: has a TV show.
2: I know. He should have gotten in more trouble. It's yeah. honestly disgusting so what he was so doing. Bizarre. I mean, he is a s- effing scam artist. But, <laughs> yeah. um but, and an incredibly fat phobic weight, discriminating one at best. He is absolutely in the worst sense of the world, preying on people's fears of judgment and fears, yeah. of weight stigma. And just being like, you're, you know what, you're right. You should be terrified of fat and buy
1: this thing. And it all, I'll make it yeah. go away. Don't, you know? t- don't take weight uh, advice from the guy who made the Octomom cry. Just like, <laughs> that's just like a pretty good metric there.
0: Oh God. Okay, um, I want to. Isabel, can yeah. you tell us how people who have not ever heard of any of this, people that are still stuck in the diet cycle, um, what they, how they can get started? Yeah. Like these are people like coming off of Or like
1: they intellectually under, understand it. They've yeah. heard about mm-hmm. it, and they're like, right. "Okay, that sounds impossible." Yeah. But. yeah. This
0: is a lot of the people. So part of my beyond before and after thing is that I've got the Facebook group, and mm-hmm. it's an it's a diet free. There's no diet. You know, it's a no diet zone. So. A lot of these women that are in the group are coming off of and we'll, very we'll find
1: them in there still being like. There was one. Someone was like, "I just read Wheat Belly." Yeah, and we're and we're like, are "You no." Yeah. No, No, I'm sorry. That's not the answer. Like you are in the right place. You are trying so hard, Hard, but but you are still
0: going. And like, and I want to be gentle with those people. mm -hmm. So I really want from Isabel's perspective to know how those, what those people should tell our listeners, Isabel, what can they do? Yeah. (laughs) Well,
2: so first off, you know, it's interesting because I think, you know, a lot of times when people say, I love this quote, like I intellectually understand, but I intellectually understand, but is actually code for, I have more to learn. Um, and so, you know, dive in to body positivity, dive into, I mean, intuitive eating for the most part, there are some like weight discriminating, fat phobic, intuitive eating coaches out there, but for the most part, intuitive eating and mindful eating is really, um, good foundational information. Like that's the first book. That's like the very first thing we go over in the masterclass to just get everyone on the same page. You know, I always say, Um, My program is not about intuitive eating, but it starts with intuitive eating, right? Like that's like, it's like foundational, like, okay, like let's get back. Let's just get you to a place where you're starting to think about making food choices, not off of some meal plan that Dr. Oz gave you, but like from within and really like starting to learn, like you're, you know, starting to develop a relationship with your body and your body's natural hunger signals. That's
0: what Um, I'm doing right now. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I'm so excited for the masterclass because I know it's going to be a huge, help to me in trying to Mm -hmm. redefine my relationship with food and shame and yeah, intuitive
2: eating. Exactly. Intuitive eating is sort of like, okay, what does self care with food look like? It has been distorted. And again, I've written about this quite a bit. This is sort of how I got my blogging start was like kind of talking about how unfortunate it is that intuitive eating has been distorted by so many professionals as a weight loss tool when really it is a self care tool. And really it is about you know, coming off of diets, not because you're trying to manipulate your body, which is what dieting really is, but because you want to care for your body and you want to, you know, love your body. Right. So, um, we start, you know, it's a, it's a, I think it's just a great foundational place to start over and above that. It really does start, you know, in the masterclass, we talk about emotional eating, we talk about binge eating, which we talk about lots of, um, you know why am i engaging in the behaviors that i am engaging what's driving this how much is is what's driving me based in i'm reacting to deprivation like oh my god i probably shouldn't eat that cupcake now i want to eat 10 and how much of it is like i'm sad i'm lonely so i want to have something sweet to make me feel better those are two distinct different things We talk about both of them in the masterclass Um, and not even the masterclass. I mean, masterclass aside, just in general, like these are things to just think about. And, you know, even free video training series, you can learn about this stuff. And
1: yeah, uh, I've, I've, I've read about this. I think one of my favorite emails you ever sent was that some like emotional eating is you being nice to yourself. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, and I was like, Oh wow. That, I mean, all of our, like, all of our moms and grandmas have known that for forever, you know, like something bad, (laughs) but like my, you know, my, my Utah born Mormon grandma, anything bad happens, make someone something to eat. Yeah.
2: Right. It's an attempt at self-care. And the thing that's interesting about dieters, actually, this is something that I read in Health at Every Size, and this was, like, literally a paragraph. I told Linda Bacon, you know, years ago, I did an interview with Linda Bacon. I told her, I was like, this was, like, literally one paragraph in the tome that is Health at Every Size that I thought, like, should get the Nobel Peace Prize because of how its implications for emotional eaters and how to treat it. But emotional eating is correlated with dieting, meaning, like, the more you feel like food is bad and food is wrong and food is is off limits, the more likely you are to turn to food in moments of discomfort, the more likely food is going to be your primary coping mechanism. At the same time, like acknowledge that when you're turning to food, right, when like you have like an instinct to have a cupcake when you're sad, all you're doing is trying to make yourself feel better. It's an attempt at self-care, right? So like work with that information. If you're not working with that information, if you're still going down like the shame, guilt, I shouldn't be doing this rabbit hole, you're not... You're not actually helping the situation at all. You're actually just making it worse yeah. because you're just propelling that restrictive thinking further, which makes you more inclined to eat emotionally and sets you up for just full-on binge eating, like full-on like, fuck it, I'm just gonna have all. And time you're not
1: of- even stopping to feel the self-care part that's there. Yeah, no, you're not even yeah. like you're not getting any any benefits from it. You're just like hurting from it. Right, yeah. right, right. right, right. So
2: yeah, so you know that's sort of you know I'm kind of going through like the six the six core like modules of 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 um of the masterclass because it's sort of like that's sort of like what the how tos as an overall overarching umbrella of the how tos is sort of like reconnecting with your body, intuitive mindful eating, that whole can of worms, which is a whole thing unto itself, you know, talk about emotional eating, kind of distinguishing between emotional eating, binge eating, you know, kind of understanding the role of deprivation in your food behaviors, the role of just coping and the role of just like wanting to seek something to make you feel better, you know, that sort of aspect of things. Um, and then also, you know, body image, half the class is about body image, because in my opinion, it's impossible to let go of the shame and guilt and the restrictive Feelings, not even actions, but feelings and thoughts that so often keep this cycle in motion without doing the body image work, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the body image work is, is really kind of, it's the backbone in my opinion. And that is actually where I hear the most women say, I understand it theoretically, but how could I possibly love my body in this society? That's where people have the hardest time. The food is actually not that hard if you have the right guidance and are like, you know, have the right people helping you and like sort of kind of, you can learn the joke about food pretty quickly given mm-hmm. the right instruction. The body image stuff is way harder and it takes a lot more time, likely because what I mentioned earlier, weight discrimination probably isn't going away. So body positivity is really a very radical act. It's, it's a rebellious act in and of itself because it requires being willing to be your own person in the face of a destructive culture. Like yeah. it requires being willing to disagree with other people and be yourself in the face of potential judgment.
1: And And I, I, I'd say like a big thing to look for with body positivity. Cause one thing that's harder, once you figure out what a diet is, it is pretty easy to tell when something is a diet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, body positivity, a lot of things are masquerading as body positivity that Mm -hmm. aren't, and I think, mm-hmm. of, like, a big thing that helped me, because I'm very much, like, I intellectually understand it, but I don't feel it type of person. <laughs> when yeah. I found resources that were not just body positive, but fat positive. Yeah, yeah. That was always very different. when it co- completely clicked and connected. Yeah, Right.
2: Because you don't, people don't, so many people are running around talking about body positivity, but it's, like, body positivity, you know, for this kind of body. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not, like, talking about, like, "Quote unquote," actually, fat
1: people. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, right. you have to no. trying. Yeah,
2: right. That's what that's yeah, what you Body can't positivity be, is for. Trying. Right. You're trying.
1: You,
2: right, right. You can't be non-inclusive in this conversation. Right. Like body positivity is is for every single body. There is no cutoff at which point a yeah. body is, you know, deserved of judgment and stigma and shame. I don't even care. You know, I don't care if you have you know, what's going on with your, you know, even your health, right? Like it's even, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's not the point. Like I am not, you know, my, like, it is not fundamentally okay to like Fire somebody, or you know, to you know, treat somebody as less than human because of their size, no matter what size they are. And again, we could go into a whole conversation about health and weight are not the same thing, and how a lot of this is like medical industry bullshit, like really run by like the war on obesity politics and health insurance companies and lots of other capitalistic um, things involved with the fucked up medical system. However, putting that aside, right? Like, I just want to be clear: body positivity is the the concept of not stigmatizing and judging people on the basis of size holds irrespective of health status.
0: Yep. Yes. Definitely. Say it again. <laughs>
2: Body positivity <laughs> holds irrespective of health status, right? You are we it, we as a society should not condone stigmatizing and judging women on the basis of size irrespective of health status. Yep. It is not
1: cool. And Joni and I have talked about this, because Jess Baker talks about, you know, the health myth as right. the beauty myth, and we've talked about this, like, that's also, the way I get it to click for people is, like, that's a pretty shitty thing to say to people who are born unhealthy. Yeah! Like, yeah, exactly. I'm always going to be right. quite mentally ill. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, Like, we're never... Yeah, I'm always going to... Like, in that respect, I will right. never be what you consider healthy. healthy. Right.
2: Right. It's ableism. Like I'm yeah. allowed to judge you because you have an illness. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like yeah. I'm allowed to treat you as less than like, human. Humanity is not illness? conditional upon health. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, Thank you
1: so much. Yeah. Thank you. So much. yeah oh my gosh
2: thank you guys for having me this was so fun
1: diets suck but you rule isabel boom the <laughs>
2: <end>. <laughs> thanks guys thank All you right and right Joni, right. i'm so excited to have you in the program
0: i am gonna go listen that's what i'm, I'm doing when i go to the gym you
1: no know, she talked to me about it yesterday and i'm like i'm so happy you're doing that because like yeah beyond before and after that has to be a holistic approach to like taking better care of yourself yeah
0: and it's a a journey it's not it's like it's a whole thing it's a process I didn't enter it with all the skills so I'm yeah. and there's no end point as I go yeah, and that's the whole thing. I, I hope the master class is going to help. You know, I know it's going to help, and then also... Yeah. Because even when you commit yeah.
1: to not doing diet things, yeah. you still find yourself in diet thinking. Yeah, just it's so if I talked me down
0: yesterday, she, yeah. was help, she was helping me out.
1: That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good,
0: though. Yay. No, it's good to have somebody who's already got their, their feet under them, you know, 100... Because I've been... Uh, I turn... You know, I'm body positive. I, I started mm-hmm. loving myself enough to not care about dieting a few years ago. But, that said... I haven't yet figured out how to not be fucked up around food because all I did then was I'm not going to diet anymore.
1: Mm-hmm, right, right, right,
0: dieting is right. over, but that didn't change the fact that right. my relationship with food—it's still in the back of right. my mind.
1: Which goes by to wait, right, which, by which
0: habits?
2: Right, which goes to what we talked about quite a bit yesterday, and something we're going to talk about in the in the master class a lot, which is you know what does you know what does dieting really mean? where, you know, cause, cause so much, you know, I could say that dieting really extends to like diet mentality in many different mm-hmm. ways. Right. Yeah. If you're moralizing food and yes. you know, good and bad and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like that's all fucking dieting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it goes into this bigger question I had, I think in the video training series in the stop fighting food video training series, you said, you know, I, I described one of the many definitions I've given for dieting because I have, I have a few that I pull out of my pocket was a diet is a way of eating to which you're emotionally attached, which basically means your self esteem is attached yes. to your food looking a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really that is has a huge implications, right? Like yes. in various different ways, like it, if it's about your weight or if it's about, you know, your body, you feeling like your body needs to look a certain way or if you're moralizing food or, you know, there's all these different ways in which that can come up for women. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it's going to be an interesting few months, Joni. I'm really excited to have you. It's such an honor.
0: I'm excited. I'm, excited. Well, I'm, I'm going to share, I'm going to share little tidbits and bring and, and tell people the things that they should know to come and join the masterclass for the next.
1: I th- I th- I'll start a, like, a change track from when I walk in my door just <laughs> put my quarter. In. <laughs> yeah. Quarter for the Send them class. to the video training series for
2: people who, you know, yeah. if anyone's really interested in doing this work intensely, sign up for the video training first. You'll get yeah. the you'll get to, like, you know, check out my style more so than, you know, you got on this episode. <laughs> um, stopfightingfood.com. You can go get the vids. Yep. And, you know, from yep. there, the Masterclass is going to be officially launching on September 7th? First week, right after Labor Day. Is it, I thought Labor it was the Day, 27th. Right? The 27th is when the class starts. So oh, people, okay. Yeah, so the Got class it. starts on the, the September 27th, but um, like the official non-pre-registration launch, like where Got people it. can sign up. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, it's all people, you know, you can basically, yeah. you know, you can sign up anytime you want in September. And basically. it's
1: all in the show notes. Yeah, we're going to put it yep. all in all the show, show notes. All cool. nice, notes. Nice and pretty in the copy. Yay!
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey. will make it all cool. fancy. Okay. <laughs> okay, have a great day, Isabel. Yes, right,
2: thank, thank
0: you so you much. much. Take care. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, no, no, no. I am so different than y'all. So far apart. The way that I balance the bars. I never fall. And if I do, I just call the almighty yellow star. God. Lyrically, I'm Optimus Prime. Look up on Look up my When I go by, smoke in your eyes. So open your eyes to jokes on you guys. And you ain't got to be amazing to see through some of this shit on occasion. The day I say you're doing this tongue girl, but you know you're too young A bunch of girls do it and this shit
1: look fun That's how they do it where we from hey, You know it don't start till one That's how they do it where they from I'm like Make a new track Make them fall
0: on they crack Give them a slap Appetize them and slack them So fat in the back Made the boys all collapse Yeah, when I rap They be all on my jack Boys want to tap on this pussy cat uh. well that was fun isabel's amazing she's wonderful love her so much i can't wait to do the master class it's gonna be so cool i'm so
1: excited and i'm i'm poor access. otherwise <laughs> i would.
0: I have early access to the program materials from last year the course materials so i'm sort of looking them over now and it's amazing fancy I'm super excited i'm gonna share tidbits as i go but nothing you know nothing too much because isabel deserves all the credit
1: Oh uh, yeah and the
0: paycheck because it's and a lot of work
1: okay yeah You've been listening to Body Talk, presented by Ravishly. We'll see you in two weeks when we talk about self-care.
0: Yeah, it's back-to-school time, ladies and gentlemen, which means college, too. Yeah, better
1: not push yourself to the edge, and then you're crying by yourself in your toy bed in your parents' house. It happens. To some people. I've heard, not me. (laughs) 19 units was fine until the last three weeks.
0: It was fine. Yeah. Tell them where they can find
1: us. (laughs) You can find us at bodytalkpodcast.com or send us an email at bodytalk at ravishly.com that is r-a-v-i-s-h-l-y and it is not a real word
0: we made it up boom
1: you can also find us on instagram at Podcast, which we have now um we're just gonna be featuring body positive shit on there and people and people and it's gonna be a good time yeah so you can find me uh, at JennyBarritt.com and at JennyB on Instagram and Twitter.
0: And you can find me, uh, my email is JoniEdelman at Ravishly.com. My website is JoniMEdelman.com. You can find me on Twitter, JoniBoloni, B-O-L-O-N-E-Y, and Instagram, joni Edelman. And also I have a professional page. Joni M. Edelman, and of course, Beyond Before and After also has Mm -hmm. a Facebook page and an Instagram because we are social media. What's the word I'm looking for? Sluts. Sluts. (laughs) Savvy. Let's just say Savvy savvy. sluts. Okay. That's it for Uh, today. Until next time.
1: Let me hear your body body talk, talk. Your body
0: talk. that's it for us today yeah
1: you've been listening to Body Talk presented by Ravishly we'll see you in two weeks when we talk about something something pull out the spreadsheet wait I don't
0: know where the spreadsheet is
1: what the fuck hold on it's coming we're very put together is it
0: the tat episode?
1: are we getting tattoos? <laughs> in two weeks
0: <laughs> in two weeks
1: I'm getting Alexander Hamilton's signature tattooed behind my ear just so you know really really
0: Behind
1: your ear. Because you listen to the Hamilton musical. Oh,
0: good point. Good point. I don't see the. I don't see the thing.
1: It's it's a spreadsheet. You're in Docs. Just put this whole thing in. I was being so goddamn unprepared. <laughs> yeah. Body Talk Bible. Oh shit. There it is. I don't know. I don't update it very much either. So.
0: Okay. So we did body talk. We did.
1: Body- oh, self care for back to school. Oh, this will be just you and I. Yep.
0: Okay, so <laughs> we'll be
1: V. Fun. Go.
0: Let's go back, and we'll do. We'll just redo the whole end because it's pretty quick. Okay. So, do start with "Welcome to Body Talk," or I mean, thank you for listening. What to body Talk. You say about listening.